You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to teach about the research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won't be Tag is in, tag is out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those other wonderful places on the internet. I am Kean, and because there's only one person, I'll just say it. With me is Kev this week. Uh, Kev, how are you feeling for this spooky edition of the show? Kev is feeling extra spooky. We're, we're, we're getting into the Monster Mash. It's the time. The time for Ooh. slime. See, I see when I'm not like, you know, rambling on here, like I do teaching after school and stuff. So I'm just fully sugared up. I've spent the week dressed up like Dr. Eggman running from place to place. Like, you know, I'm totally in the Halloween spirit. I've been trying to be I, like, I we don't we don't you don't get much Halloween spirit in the hearing mm-hmm. aid business. Uh, <laughs> Although I could get morbid and say we have more than our fair share of ghosts. But hurry, 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 hurry. Somebody get the cane. Hardy, har, har, har. Hardy, hardy, har, har, har. <laughs> but um, no, I've been trying. I've, I've watched a couple of uh, of of spooky movies lately. Some of the classics. Uh, mm. We watched Coraline there recently enough. That's still forever great. Yes. Uh, and still forever scarier than most horror movies. It is. No, and. I don't think I actually got to mention it there recently enough, but I watched The Evil Dead Rise. Finally got around to catching that one of my dub on Netflix. Ah, okay. Lately. And I, you know what? It's a blast. Evil Dead, five for five. Not a bad movie out of the bunch. Um, really? I heard kind of lukewarm things on the, when they kind of rebooted it a few years ago. Oh, I loved the reboot. It's okay. like, it, it's much more, it, because, the, the, you know, by Army of Darkness, it, it was a comedy franchise. Yeah, but I think Ash versus. I never actually got around to watching a lot, a lot of Ash versus Evil Dead. Our our mutual friend Dave, but not that Dave. Dave loaned me it, and it's really good. Yeah, no, I keep meaning to. I think it's on Netflix. It's one of those ones in the back pocket. But I think that like that keeps that comedy tone. Mm. Whereas the reboot and subsequent films grounded back to earth in terms of like serious tone a bit more. Right, but truly just crank the dial on the blood. Um, <laughs> just showers i think that first one had a chainsaw scene where it was just it was just a hose of blood uh and this one is very similar it it doesn't really like have any sort of consistent timeline it's at this point i feel like the evil dead is just a franchise where you have necronomicon 
Deadite Go. Well, that is kind of the thing. I'm yeah. trying to think of like, I know they're like kind of, I suppose, Cloverfield maybe, where mm. like the story really doesn't matter. It's just a framework to let a director come in and do their thing. Maybe, I suppose, in a broad sense, like when someone new comes in to do Batman, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like that's, you have you have enough um, recognizable elements mm. and then just, you know, go with the setting. So this one is, much more residential that takes place between a fam between like a a, fa- a family of a single mother and her kids and her sister yeah. in an apartment building and they find the necronomicon and everything happens um and you know what i was i was a fan uh it is exactly as brutal and gory as i expected it to be and that was just a fun wednesday afternoon for me <laughs> uh, i will say it seems particularly the new ones there's always one piece of gore that really skeeves me. And, you know, on at five, I won't get too graphic, but the first one was a sequence with a box cutter. And this one, they get, this one, they get really creative with a cheese grater. Yeah. Bad times. Really interesting, but bad times. I I don't need that in my life. (laughs) You can't, can't grate mozzarella in peace anymore. Can you? Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, well, that's about how my spooky month's been going. I, well, I mean, I think we covered it last time. Look, I don't have a stomach for the boys. I cannot definitely manage like that kind of thing. Like, No, no, this is this comes with the, the big old banner of only if you like buckets of blood. Yeah. Yes. Well, funny enough, I was going to get into it after because we're going to talk the writer's strike and kind of that, how that wrapped up in a few minutes. But like, we might as well do it now. It's been a bit of a weird Halloween season because that that's on Netflix, but that's not new. I think that was last Halloween, wasn't that it? That was last year. It, yeah. Earlier this year, actually. Uh, and like, I haven't seen it personally, so I won't pretend to review it. But like a lot of the students I teach weren't mad about The Exorcism, the new one. I've heard yeah. it. Oh, my sister. My sister's a big classic horror nut and she yeah. was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh it was from the people who did the Halloween remakes. And it just seems to have missed the point. Like again, I haven't seen it. Could be brilliant. I'm just giving the feedback from people I've talked to, and there's generally like a sort of a Ugh, what was that kind of feeling? Like, you know, especially because these films tend to like pretend to reboot lots of other old films and if you're gonna do that you better have your stuff together you know like yeah no no like that's it like i think i I definitely got the feeling from the exorcist that they were really trying to to recapture because it's a lot of the original cast they get the girl who played reagan back and i think they get the mom back um and they're like it's 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 very much trying to be a revival yeah but yeah no the the general consensus seems to be meh uh i mean really like where do you go from there like it's like i know it's not horror but it's like terminator where like every time they tried to reboot it they throw in a trick that's it like you know it's like like terminator genesis was like oh we've got we've got arnold back this is the real new proper terminator and that didn't work yeah we've got sarah connor back this is the real new proper like eventually you're going to run out of things to bring it back with. Like, you know? Yeah. Like it, 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 it makes me ask the question of who was asking for a new Exorcist movie yeah. 50 years later. <laughs> um, 
but no, there's it's it's been a it's it's not been a completely barren Halloween season because uh, I I believe there's a new Conjuring spin-off movie. They've been fairly okay. hot. Haven't watched any of them. They they're on the back burner for me. I keep meaning to. I've seen uh, the first Conjuring. It's good. But I think the the biggest buzz one right now going coming out is the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah, and just for the sake of history, we should also throw out a mention to Saw Patrol. Do the we? most weird, <laughs> bizarre cultural artifact. Like, I don't think it's bizarre. Consider, I think it's 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 just trying to copy up Barbenheimer. I know, but, but with much but with less Barbenheimer, like people reasonably would have gone to both. <laughs> Who's going to come out of Saw, possibly covered in blood if you saw it in 3D, and go, I want to see what Sky and the gang are up to. <laughs> or even worse, vice versa. <laughs> I think I need a real come down. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on with Jigsaw? That was a boys? bit too sugary. <laughs> Let's see Saw 10, which is actually Saw 6.5. But however, it's horror. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to mix those two up. You don't want to send Mayor Hungdinger into Saw or something like that. Damn, man. You've got, have you, you I, I know you have two kids, but that's, you're pulling some real Paw Patrol deep cuts on me. Oh, oh, I, oh, definitely. I've got them all learned off. <laughs> uh, I just wish I knew Saw characters so I could like put a song together. There's not many. I'll tell you that much. Whenever I've only seen like three. Torture, and Red there's... Adventure Bay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Saw, Saw isn't, even though there's 10 of them, it's not known for its deep lore. It's just one no, guy. No, but there was a time where maybe it's gone too far now, but the plot of the Saw films, like people were invested in it. Friends of mine were invested in it. Like, you know, wondering who it would turn out to be and all this kind of stuff. It did have that kind of, I suppose Marvel's kind of beaten them to the chase now, but it did have that kind of serial narrative thing to them. It wasn't just like another Saw, you know? Yeah. There was a while where people really cared about them, like. I think so, but like, that's, it definitely started kind of falling off fairly early on. Yeah. Um, and like, listen, at when, when, when you have something like the Fast and Furious, taking linear storytelling in movies to such incredible heights, most anything else is just going to fall flat. Yeah, I mean, look, we have to come to terms with the fact that Marvel will go, Star Wars will go, Paw Patrol will go, and somehow the Fast and the Furious will still be here. And no one asked for it, but it's great, and it's somehow still going. I asked for it, Keen. Come on. (laughs) Did you ask for it before you watched it? No, because I didn't know. I wasn't. In, <laughs> you know, I wasn't. You I wasn't enlightened yet. <laughs> but and now I have. But that's what I mean. No, no one asked for it. It just turned up, and then people liked it once it was here. That never happens anymore. We live in an age where we're being told to care about Morbius. <laughs> you don't need to. Hey, you don't need to tell the people to care about Morbius. The people already do. That's. That's just part of culture, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I derailed you. Yes, we might as well. Now, I should say, this isn't a review. Uh, you've turned up for the wrong episode for that. Uh, but it is not out yet. <laughs> we should we should speculate a bit on Five Nights at Freddy's because I'm a massive Five Nights at Freddy's fan. And being someone who teaches like teenagers, like I am now fairly well versed in the lore. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's audience, very peculiar. 
it's t- it's people who watch YouTube, teenagers and five year olds who somehow watch Squid Game through Roblox and no one knew better. So uh, that's the audience. But what's your experience of Five Nights at Freddy's, Kev? I've never actually played any of the games okay. because the 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 frantic jump scary kind of gameplay just never appealed to me. Mm. Uh, plus, my P- I don't even think my PC could run that. <laughs> well, Five Nights at Freddy's, it's fairly like rudimentary. Oh, no, I know that. I'm talking. That's that's. I'm scaling how bad my PC is. <laughs> ah, I see. Right, right. Um, but I have like you know, I I I won't pretend I'm above it. I've spent evenings watching Markiplier and MatPat. Like, it's yeah, like it's it's. I YouTube is my streaming service of choice, so I've definitely just like watched videos on it. Um, but even then, kind of as detached as I am from that fandom and that like. Uh, that uh, like the franchise. Yeah, I'm actually oddly interested in the movie for a couple yeah, of different but, reasons. Because uh, let's actually, it's worth because you never know. There might be someone listening who isn't like probably is aware of this Five Nights at Freddy's thing, but doesn't know like where it came from. Like Five Nights at Freddy's for for the last person on Earth who doesn't know what it is is. It was just a really kind of simple game. I was supposed to start it on Steam, maybe. Uh, and it got pop, And it's just dead simple. It's sort of red light, green light when you actually, like, boil down the mechanics of it. Yeah, it's like, just, it's, it's... Yeah, go on. It's take. keeping an eye on cameras and watching for moves. But, like, the, the, the real hook to it is that it's a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So, the like, the mascot animatronics in a... Mascot animatronics in a, in a children's restaurant. Mm. Uh, except you're the night guard and the animatronics come to life at night and you have to stop them from eating you. That's But see, but see even that, you could imagine in your head some sort of 3D rendering of it. Like, it is just POV, like, you're in a room, you can look at the door on the left, look at the door on the right, open up your camera, you can see the monsters moving about the place, and you have to make it to six in the morning, uh, and if you run out of power... The doors open for some reason <laughs> uh, and they get you. Uh, so you can't stare at the cameras too much. But if you don't look at them enough, they're going to move faster and then they'll get you. And it's as someone who plays it kind of with, and I should say just for the circle element, like it's uh, it got big, not necessarily through the gameplay, but through, like you said, the Markiplier's, Jacksepticeye's, MatPat's, was it you say? Uh, yeah, like the, the, the very reactionary uh, yeah. YouTube gamers, the people who get yeah. a fright and fall off their chair and through a window. Those, That's yeah. Those, no, you, you, you you were you were uh, watching it to watch them scream their lungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let me say, I am an incredibly reactive person, and when I play Five Nights at Freddy's and I die, I go, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inherently, like that's like those guys are good performers. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm like, it's just like you know, it's like if you watch it and think you're gonna like fall behind a couch or something. No, uh, it will make you jump, but that's about it. Like, but anyway, um, so I absolutely love this franchise. I'm not into the lore, but I have been educated on it by people who know better. Uh, and you've basically kind of it stays pretty similar through all the games like in number two two is like a war game where instead of four of these like 
metal dealies. You've got 10 of them and you're like baking eggs while watching the camera and like, you know, things are running at you and you've got to close doors. But if you don't turn the torch on, then the the other one will like fall off the roof. It's yeah. it's it's kind of like to be fair, a parenting like, simulator. If you've got we, ten we kids, we could go on because like it's, since it's maybe has it been ten years? Maybe since that first one came out. Uh, uh, I would about, say I think. so. Yeah, and uh, like that, this franchise has just non has not stopped. Like to go over all would be the whole episode because there's so many games there's mm. more there's more books than games well and you, then... you've skipped ahead there yes because you and me haven't worked in a bookshop uh i don't know if it's the same for you but when scott cawthorn started releasing books about this five nights of freddy series mm. because as they go on they start adding cryptic clues into the game it's not a story-led game if you care about this you have to work at it like it is just a ducking behind things type game but when so when books started coming out, I was being asked for these things for five weeks in advance of release. You know, the people who are really into this really care about it, you know? Yeah, like it's 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 it it's catering to the to the Gravity Falls fans of the people who just need to dissect every mystery that a franchise has, mm. even if it's not heavily plot driven. But if there is if there is a nugget, if there is something mm. To lift a flap on, they will swarm to it. Yeah, and, like and, and I yeah. mean that's that's how Matt Pat's made his whole empire on like that, that is the that is the concrete blocks to his castle. Oh, absolutely, and like um, like not to get too kind of autobiographical or whatever, but like I do these online socials for like for kids, for teenagers, kind of drama games, that kind of stuff, you know. And recently enough, I had uh, sort of a teenage one where four or five teenagers turned up and they all like Five Nights at Freddy's. And I just asked them, like, what's the backstory? And they had got whiteboards out. <laughs> there was like, there were debates. They were talking and using the Zoom chat message bar at the same time. Multiple backstories, multiple serial killers, like multiple locations, like they like clues from books from web comics from video and like all this so like it's just amazing how something so simple has like really captured people's imaginations you know mm, mm. and yeah and so like that's and that kind of brings us to where we are now in that we like it's almost i think this has been something that's been in the pipeline for a couple of years now this mm. isn't new yeah but it took a lot it took a while and now we finally have a hollywood production movie I'll be honest, I never thought this was coming out. Oh, this felt uh, very production hell, yeah. I I assumed that if it ever came <laughs> out, the whole franchise would have burnt itself out and it would be a super basic, like, you know, hero's journey type thing. Like, yeah. now, you know what? We haven't seen it. It still could be. But just based on the trailers, it does seem to have the atmosphere right. And again, trailers are trailers. But like it's much more promising than I expected. I expect it to be like a cash grab, like that Slender yeah, Man yeah. film that came out a few years ago. You know, that's it. I, I, that's that's what I'm saying. I not as somebody who hasn't been engaging with this. This is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Mm. For one, they've really made a point that the animatronics they're using are practical effects. Mm, good they start. are dudes in suits, and yeah. that will sell me on a lot. <laughs> yes, it is very easy to sell me on something when it is dudes in suits instead of CG. Mm. Um. On top of that, 
a face I haven't seen in a while and I'm happy to see again in Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Shaggy himself. Shaggy himself in the flesh. Now, Scooby-Doo in a Five Nights at Freddy's restaurant. That's like a match made in heaven. That's it. And I mean, I, I, I can't name off the top of my head a movie of theirs, but I think Blumhouse have a pretty all right reputation. Oh, Blumhouse are very consistent. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, I think there's they, a They no- basically took over. Do you remember that dark universe that was going to take <laughs> up like the world on fire? When that oh, opened, yeah. they handed it to Blumhouse and they did The Invisible Man and that was genuinely good. Like, you know. Yeah. You know, not to say they're spotless. Like, um, Truth or Dare was rubbish. But like, I think Smile is one of theirs. Like, generally, they have a good, low budget, high, uh, high concept and good film, you know, ratio, you know, which yeah. is pretty rare in cinema these days. Yeah. No. So I think I think that I think it has enough going in its favor. Uh, oh, and Joss Hutchinson is, as uh, I think, one of the victims in it as well. Uh, in Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, yeah, I think I saw him in the trailer. God, blast from yeah. the paths everywhere. That's it. Like, it, it seems to be kind of catering to a nostalgic audience. So I, yeah. I'm intrigued. It's it's the one that's definitely kind of giving, giving me, giving me something to kind of like, I'm interested. I would be more interested had I not already watched a Five Nights at Freddy's movie recently, though. I was going to say, I've got two. Which one are you talking about? Uh, Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> The Nicolas Cage one. Yeah. Okay, because there's a Nicolas Cage one and there's a good one. <laughs> what are you talking... Hey, I actually quite <laughs> liked the Nicolas. It's dumb. It is dumb and schlocky. My, my memory of it is him punching robots. Yeah, that slamming that energy looking like robots. Yeah, that's the whole movie. <laughs> well, hot, young, you ta- hot young people get it on and Nicolas Cage... Why don't you take beats. us on a journey? I, like, there's not much of a journey to take on. Nicolas Cage that's locked in a, gets locked in a restaurant with a bunch of hot, like, mid-20s people, some of which get it on, and he punches robots for 90 minutes. And that's the movie. I think there's something of, like, a bunch of serial murderers' ghosts inhabit the robots. Something stupid like that. But Nicolas Cage just punches these robots to death, and that's the movie. It's on Prime. It's 90 minutes. <laughs> you could just watch it in the time it would take for me to describe it. You need to demand more of your movies. <laughs> I I think I was just in the mood. I think I wasn't in the mood for anything particularly deep when I watched it. I think I think I needed something so surface level brain. Right. It it hit it it fried the right neurons for me the night I watched it. <laughs> I apologize. I'm trying to find there was like another uh knock off five nights of freddy's film and it wasn't the nicholas cage film uh yeah but on top of that like there's there is something i like even though i haven't engaged with five nights of freddy's something about the chucky e. cheese kind of concept absolutely mm. fascinates me and i kind of i i i find myself drawn to anything about it historical stuff on chucky e. cheese itself or like things parodying it we we never got around to talking to it last yeah. time. The new sorry, it's always just, sunny the, season. The, the other one that that has like sorry to interrupt you there. The other knockoff Five Nights at Freddy's that does have like kind of like you said, people in suits, animatronics, and proper horror. Don't hug me, I'm scared. Vibe is called the Bla- the Banana Splits movie. Never and bizarre and authentic. And to make it more authentic, it is based on like a sort of an anthropomorphic cartoon from the sixties, like in the real world. 
Okay. And they just made it into a Five Nights at Freddy's horror thing. So it does have that weird air of authenticity to it when okay. things start going wrong, you know? Okay, okay, you got you got me. That's that's something. I'll see you, I'll see if I can find it on a streaming service. But I apologize, I interrupted you. Please go on. Uh no, I was gonna say that um the new season it's always sunny parodied Charlie Cheese uh Chucky Jesus. I think it was Radical Ooh. Rats, I think was the one. And it goes exactly as you'd imagine an always sunny show to go episode to go about it. Very well. Very, very horrendously. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, it, it, it is it is a concept that fascinates me and fascinates me that it is a franchise that that Chuck E. Cheese as a franchise and company still exists. Does it? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. It's it's still kicking. I don't know how it's physically how like the the, the I haven't heard recently how like their physical locations Ooh. are doing now these days. I know they like did a bunch of uh uh, ghost kitchen stuff around the the depth of the pandemic. Oh, I <laughs> where, see. Like, well, I mean, they, be, they would ab- no- not to, wouldn't you? Well, no, it was that they were advertising a new pizzeria in town, but when it arrived, it was a Chuck E. Cheese pizza in a Chuck E. Cheese right. box. <laughs> Which okay, apparently is all not right. good pizza. <laughs> I mean, look, I've played enough Five Nights at Freddy's to know that if a Five Nights at Freddy's experience opens near me, I am not going to it. <laughs> Not even in the daytime. Not even see those those those. Especially not animals. during the daytime. Are you joking me? <laughs> oh boy. We'll uh we'll we'll organize your next birthday for it. Don't worry. Oh joy. <laughs> but happier things. Why don't you tell us about the writer's strike? <laughs> As hey, you know we're we're here. We're known for our timely news updates. <laughs> I think it's we, been. We have been trying. In fairness. It's yeah. not our fault that things change literally every time we record this. What was it now? Not to segue too much away, but like what happened last time we recorded? A bunch of stuff dropped literally when we stopped recording. Like Prodigy got uncancelled. Daredevil got cancelled and now they're making it again. I'm going to have to go digging through our like kind of discussions and stuff. A load of stuff happened literally as soon as we stopped recording last time. Oh, it's constant. Wednesday nights seem to be the night news drops because that's when we record. Yes. Um, but like, no, it's not paranoid started... if they're genuinely out to get you. Exactly. But no, there's just yeah, to kind of to, to, to have it on air, the writer strike finished about a month ago. They managed they managed to strike a deal. I don't have the, the details in front of me, but by mm. all accounts, according to like WGA strike uh, strike leaders, it's a very generous deal for the writers. Okay. Uh, now that does not to say there is still no strikes because the SAG after strike, the Actors Guild strike, is still ongoing. Uh, there's been updates and things about that. I think the the week after the Writers Guild strike wrapped and that contract got filed. There, uh, the SAG and the the studios went in to talk, and the studio froze them out because they demanded two percent of the streamers' revenue. Right, and that's a lot. I'm assuming, is it? Not very much. Uh, yeah. Two two percent. They thought two percent was unreasonable and enough to say no. We're walking away from the table. 
Okay, because like uh, really streaming services don't release numbers and analytics and finances and stuff, do they? No, but actually that's one thing in the writer's strike is that the writers now can get that information from streamers, uh, which is un- which is unprecedented. Um, it, like they're the first kind of organization to be able to get those uh, those digits. Yeah. Um, but that that situation with the SAG strike was a couple of weeks ago. I think as of yesterday, SAG and the uh, and the studios are back at the negotiation table. So maybe like. It could be very well that by the time this episode launches, they'll have reached a deal. Still ongoing. I would um, say within an hour, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, no, typically if, the moment we hit news, record. Yeah. If news flooded on a Wednesday night, you'll know it was us. Absolutely. Uh, as as always. Uh, mm. Oh, God, I actually, I had a moment of like, almost blind panic. <laughs> Because I've gotten used to like not seeing a lot of movie announcements because mm. obviously movies haven't been being made yeah. the past like half a year. <laughs> Except for indie stuff, but you know, indie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> An announcement came out uh, revealing the date of the next Paddington movie. Oh, okay. Uh, for like late, it's like November next year. It's not right, right, right. soon. But my, I saw that in my good instinct was like oh god is Paddington a scab what he's not <laughs> no okay <laughs> no I I, I I it took me like two seconds to remember that Paddington is a predominantly British production right which like the the British unions are fully separate from oh I see what unions. you mean because yeah. they, they did because they did um uh an actor did have to leave for the strike didn't they like that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Lily Gladstone was a Right. Okay. Uh, she, you know, she's she's a member of SAG as opposed to the British unions, so they did have to recast her and then continue. Okay. But like, that's yeah, Paddington. It's it's. Uh, I don't. So know you had images of Paddington is. crossing the picket line with the Kardashians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's. I. There was. There was a moment of fear that I was like, I. I don't. Don't make me. Don't make me. Don't make Paddington three be unethical. Yeah. I just need. I need Paddington in Peru to be good. That's. That's a salve for my soul. <laughs> it's got it's got big boots, but I think it yeah. can do it. <laughs> Dear Aunt Lucy, I passed all these people holding signs and shouting. I don't quite understand what's going on. <laughs> but the man in the big suit offered me a lot of money to continue making my movie. <laughs> and I do like money. Money <laughs> seems to be good, so good I took time. it. It could buy me more money. And now there are angry people storming my trailer. I'm getting lots of letters, and not the nice ones. A lot of ones calling me a scab. And a lot of things (laughs) I don't think I can write to you in letters. I have had scabs. I feel like they are mistaken. (laughs) We can't keep doing this. (laughs) So, like, all right, real real talk, though. Real talk. Uh, Is the entire like principal cast back for this newer one i believe so i think okay. i think that they're i think this was just kind of a, a preliminary announcement just to right, right, drum right. a pipe in a dry season because again it is over a year away right no because like i mean like obviously like ben Whishaw is like great as paddington like hmm. you know it's bizarre to think he was second choice like you know who was originally really? doing the voice who 
Uh, Colin Firth. Oh. And he, now he very graciously was casting it, did it, and said basically partway through, this isn't working. Can you get someone else, please? Which, like, look, I know their Hollywood spin is a machine and a well-oiled one at that. But it's the latest in a long line of things that makes me think Colin Firth seems to be like a legitimately decent person. So enter Ben Wishaw, you know, and now it's hard to believe that anyone else could have been him, you know? Oh, yeah. No, like that's some, sometimes you just have the right person just mm. land it. Like uh, what I always kind of think about, I, I they had like a, like Moana, I think was one where they had, I couldn't name any, any of the actors involved. Yeah. But they have like, you know, a, a line of like, you know, big name voice mm. actors come in for the lead of the new Disney movie. All of them did. Apparently the, 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 the girl, I could not tell you her name off the top of my head. Right. But the girl who ended up doing it, this 17 year old girl and mm. um, last person in line and they just, she floored them just and yeah. that's, that's who voiced Moana in the end. So, right. Uh, yeah. Like it just, it just, it turns around and, uh, Sometimes, yeah, the right person for the job just becomes abundantly clear. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, But, uh, yeah, no, but I, the reason I bring that up is just because, like, even though Paddington's at the centre of it, like, if you don't have the Brown family, like, you know, kind of mm. like uh, your man from Downton Abbey and uh, is it Sally Fields, the one from uh, Guillermo del Toro, of every film I've ever known has fallen out of my head. That was she uh, was in a yeah she was she was shape of water shape of water yeah and those kids and Mrs Bird like you know like I, I you, believe... you don't have them it's just it'll just be Paddington faffing around in a foreign place like a BBC special when they run out of ideas you need those characters there to make it Paddington you know yeah no I think so and again like it's the, the, the it seems like the premise is Paddington is going back to his roots in Peru. Mm. So we're getting a kind of an adventure movie, and I'd say the idea of the 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 uppity middle class British people in Peru. Yeah, I, I can I can see the tracks they're laying. So I think yeah. I think we we can have faith. Yeah, um, and you know if they do it really well, it'd be really nice because we've had two movies of Paddington being a fish out of water in like London. Like I read the books to my kids. That is the entire premise of Paddington. Is actually weirdly enough, Mister Gruber is usually a bigger character than any of the Brown family because it's him taking Paddington to like a London landmark and then adventure happens, you know? Okay. So, uh, but if you put the Brown family in somewhere that Paddington is familiar with and have them kind of faff around and be English and awkward themselves to death. Yeah. I could totally see that working as a, as a new twist on it, you know? I think so. I, 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 I am intrigued. It's, mm. As I said, it's it's way too far out for me to like actually start getting excited for. But like, it's it's one of the movies I can think of where I'm like, oh yeah, that's something I'm looking forward to. Yes. Um. Although in much closer terms, uh, actually another piece of news that came out there recently enough, we finally, finally have a release date for the new Hayao Miyazaki movie in this country. Oh, this is the Ghibli. Yeah. 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 Uh, it is it is being released in Irish and British cinemas on Stephen's Day. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, and the cast is really good. Like, obviously, like, I, like you're probably going to watch it in Japanese. I'm probably going to watch it in English. But I the English know. cast is really good. On That's this one. I, I, I've, I pretty much only watch the Ghibli stuff in English. I, it's, okay. it's, all, it's, it's what I've known. That's like, you know, I watched all those movies. I watched like all those movies in English back yeah. then, and it feels kind of wrong to, yeah. to go back. I think the only one I've watched in Japanese was The Wind Rise. Ooh, interesting pick. Okay, I think everything else I'm at. No, I watched Natsuki in Japanese. Right. Okay, but like I noticed that Mark Hamill is in the cast of the new one, and Mark Hamill is kind of a dark horse of the Ghibli like English dubs because he was in the very first dub of Nausicaa. Uh, was he Nausicaa? I know he was Castle in the Sky. He was, was Castle he in Nausicaa? the Sky, and yeah. he wasn't the main character in Nausicaa. He was just a couple of the background ones, but he was there, and he's floated around being like he seems to be one of these weird like Alan Tudyk like figures who doesn't mind taking a few roles if they're not the principal, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's doing jobbing type stuff, like, you know. Well, I mean, he's also a very prolific voice actor. Yeah. Kind of around the scenes. The one that really interested me was that they got Christian Bale back. That's right, Uh, from Howl. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 to, to be abundantly clear, I have not looked up any summaries of what this movie is actually about. Yeah. I've tried to avoid any sort of clips or trailers. I'm trying to go in relatively sight unseen on this because, you know, it's it's a me. Well, it's called the boy and the heron. Yeah. Um, but so I don't I don't have any reference for who any characters are. Uh, but but because uh, I, I I read an excerpt on uh, on Twitter there, and apparently it was that they got Howl's voice actor back in the Japanese dub from from the Japanese dub to play right. this character. And so when the when they were casting it around they, when the, like the when the English cast was like, well, why don't we just try and get English hell back? Yeah. And apparently yeah, Christian Bale absolutely just agreed to it. Fair juice, fair juice. Um uh, yeah, co- so I again, I'm not looking at character names. I'm just going I'm just going off of um off the cast. So this there's no context for any of this. But we've I, also I got in front of me too, yeah. Yeah, so we've got Dave Batista, which yeah. I think is really fun. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, I think, was going to be. Willem A-okay. Dafoe was another returning one. He was Tales from Earthsea. A okay, um, and then uh, I think new- newcomers to the uh, to the Ghibli to the Ghibli line are Robert Pattinson and Florence Pugh. Yeah, and let's not forget Karen Fukuhara, who is the one in the boys, who is the deaf character. You know. Oh, okay. So yeah. we probably won't recognize her voice, but it's mm. nice that it's there. <laughs> no, I think I think like provided they all do a good job, which yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they will. Yeah, and did you say Gemma Chan from the Eternals and all that? Uh no, I did not. Thank you for catching yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's class. She's one of those actors who has been just been incredibly competent for like 15 years and kicking around. She was in a David Tennant episode of Doctor Who back in like 2009. Really? That's how long she's been at this. She was in like Hannibal and like, you know, she was in Captain Marvel covered in blue and no one knew she was like, she's just, I love it when like an odd job or actor breaks in and becomes like a name. It doesn't happen very often, but I love it when it happens, you know? Yeah, no, I I, I think like it's, no, provided I'll, I'll probably try and get out to see it on Stephen's Day. I think that's that's you know Stephen's Day. There's not much else going on. I think a group of us will probably get out. So it's pretty much it's provided whatever showing is showing. 
that I yes. can get to. Um, Absolutely. Depending on I'll, where you go, you might see Dara there with a hot dog. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. I think I'll probably end up going to the lighthouse, and the lighthouse are pretty good at like clearly marking what's a what's what's a what's a Japanese dub, right. what's English dub. Uh, if you go to Cineworld, truly, it's a spin of the wheel. You might not even get a movie. Who knows? <laughs> oh, Demon Slayer! Oh, <laughs> oh, don't think I've forgotten. <laughs> oh. Right, uh, uh, I hate to break form, but would you like to talk about game re-releases or Tenet? Uh, let's talk games. I can right. save my... Tenet is a movie from three years ago. I could talk about that anytime. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, we were kind of idly talking about things that are being re-released. Uh, I, you flagged, uh, uh, you flagged with Metal Gear. Uh, so, and I know that uh, the middle trilogy of Ace Attorney is being released in January on the Switch. Uh, yes, as as well as like Tomb Raider and stuff. So like, what what kind of the big releases you're looking forward to? Like, uh, well, that's yeah, the Metal Gear one came out uh earlier this week, mm-hmm. and it's I am so excited for it, partially because I'm just kind of a simp mm-hmm. <laughs> for this franchise, <laughs> but genuinely, actually, I think it's very good because these are games that have been largely limiting inaccessibility up until now mm. uh what, fran- game, what what console franchise they attached to uh typically playstation mm. and varying generations of playstation the first one was one two and three were playstation two four was ps3 five was a ps4 like that's and they were kind of always uh exclusives to those yeah, so between that and between console accessibility, like yeah. it's not like the way you could play through the Final Fantasies one up to twelve on the Switch now, at least not exactly. Like so, um, like the like the outside of sparse kind of like sparse re-releases, there was like there was a collection released on the PS3, mm-hmm. but now that's kind of a a console that's not super mm-hmm. a, a, like accessible at the moment. Which to to your point, you could play up one through twelve on. Final Fantasies 1 through 12 on anything. Hmm. 13 is the, somehow, even though it's a very recent game, is the least accessible because the <laughs> PS3 is kind of relegating to retro now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's, there's been sparse kind of re-releases. There was a, there was a, there was a, there was a collection on the PS3 that was great. It was, it, hmm. it slightly up res the, uh, the graphics for Metal Gears 2 and 3. Uh, and it was a way to play at the time, but that's kind of, as I said, been relegated kind of to a, to a retro release. It's not super available now. Um, and outside of like a port, a single port of Metal Gear Solid One to good old games, they they have like next to no PC presence. Right. Um, wasn't Revengeance on the PC? Did I dream? Revengeance that? was. Revengeance is a weird one though. Like that's that's a platinum joint. Right. Um, okay. Revenge is a great game, by the way. That's that's not me marking it. That is a stellar game, but it's not like it's it's a spin off. It's not like the the main franchise. Uh, it's an action game. It's not a stealth game. Again, I I, I I'm trying not to say dismissive, but it is a yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah. game. And if you ever get a chance to play Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, but uh, Metal I mean, Gear the Solid, name alone, like, come yeah. on. The, oh God. I don't. I don't know if you ever remember any of the ads for this game. No, Revengeance. Was... I've never played a Metal Gear game in my life, despite <laughs> the fact one of my best friends basically talks about it all the time. But, um, but uh, Revengeance no. is one that's glued into my head from like YouTube playthroughs. 
Yeah, like, no, it's swords move that quickly. It was yeah, like the whole like the initial premise of it was that you could cut anything. They could not do that on the PS3, so they scaled that back. But when they were like properly launching it, <laughs> it would have it's a title card would have Metal Gear Solid, and then from either side of the screen would slide over the word revenge and vengeance until they literally yeah. merged to make the word revengeance. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Anyway, I digress. Yes. Metal Gear Solid. Um, so what they've released now is the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Uh, and what this... I think it's actually a very cool package. So it is... First off, the first three Metal Gear Solid games, uh, which were released like, over 20 years ago, you know, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games. Um, so it is all three of them. Two and three are the HD remasters. So right. not, not fully remade, but just textures are upscaled. Okay. So that they don't look absolutely like a PlayStation 2 game on... Mm. Uh, on like HD monitors. One isn't, but one like one is a blocky Resident Evil style PS1 game. Yes. But it's cleaned up. It doesn't look like a smear. Well, <laughs> uh, I think I think it still looks pretty good. I do think that they could have done a little bit more. If anything, they could have added a scanline filter. That's my one thing I wish they did. Cause it's just it could have just been an overlay feature they put in. It wouldn't have taken long to do, but that's that's a gripe. But see, um, that's a, but that's an interesting point in and of itself because, like, sometimes with these remasters, you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes a yeah. game is remastered to the point that gameplay is actually worse. Yeah. Or sometimes you think you're getting a remaster, like when I got the Super Mario 3D collection and the game is there in its original unpolished glory, yeah. Which was especially galling because they released a Nintendo DS version with fixed up graphics and extra gameplay mechanics mm. and, like, and just didn't do it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, no. Now these these are these are faithful. They are like they are now still the old games. Mm. So don't don't there's there's no getting away from the fact that like these are PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games. I think they are still very good PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games. Uh, mm. but that is that is what you are getting. Yes. Um, on top of that, now, so there's those three games. You also get the VR missions side disc, which was basically like mini games in a way, like kind of side missions from the first game. Uh, you also get the original MSX Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, the games preceding the Metal Gear Solid franchise okay. that were like 2D top down stealth games. Uh, which have had limited re releases kind of here and there over the years, they haven't been totally inaccessible. But what, on top of that, we also get the American Metal Gear sequel, Metal Gear 2 Snake's Revenge. which All was the Revenge. Snake's Revenge, which was a game that was made simply because the American division of Konami thought that Americans would be too stupid to play the Japanese sequel. Oh my god. Because this was the 80s and that's how the game industry worked. I, I love how, like, you said you tell me all this, and somehow Snake is still a Smash Bros. character. <laughs> oh, I could, Kian. Listen, I could spend the next the rest of this podcast telling you about Metal Gear, and, <laughs> and it will melt your brain. All right. Well, you just to kind of sum up though, you sound quite happy with the with the whole the way this re-release is put together. 
I think so. I, I've I've been playing the first one since I got it. Uh, take it away at that. And I think that holds up. And I, I haven't had a chance to dip into two and three yet. But if mm. un, unless they change things drastically from the PS3 re-release, mm. I think that they're pretty much going to be the same. I think more than anything, I am just happy that these are now much more widely available. Yes. Because yes. this... Because, like, we're in an era of lost media. Like, you yes. know... Because uh, this, like this, con- this re-release now, it's it's on PS5, it's on the Xbox Series consoles, it's on the Switch, which great Metal Gear on the Switch is a fantastic idea. I fully endorse that. Most importantly, it is on PC, mm. and that's like that's the that's the stay. If it's that on PC, has- it's very hard to scroll from the internet. Like that's it. So like it's it's on Steam. It's gonna stay in libraries, and I'm also I I I can't wait to see what the modding community gets up to with it. I think I think there could be a lot of fun had dissecting these games and kind of re rebuilding them. I think I think a lot of people are going to have a have a good time with that. Okay, I mean I'm like I'm similarly excited. I mentioned earlier for mm. um, they're releasing Apollo Justice and the two Phoenix Wright games that were on the 3DS. And like we talk about kind of lost media, and Nintendo's a weird one where they're every one of their devices has so many mechanics. Mm. that games can be lost in the sense that they're just hard to adapt. Like some of the Kingdom Hearts games are just the scenes with texts telling you how much fun you would have had (laughs) if there was touchscreen compatibility in a wider sense with the Switch, you know? But unfortunately, it's the Switch. So unless you've got a Switch Lite, you can't bang a pen into your TV and (laughs) get the same results. (laughs) So... I'm glad to see that that's making the jump now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I still haven't gotten around to the first six Final Fantasies, but I'm glad to see that, like, like you say, all the games are being made more accessible. Because I think we are kind of reaching a stage where games are kind, like, I hate to sound kind of artsy, but like game media is kind of being culturally protected and treated as something worth respecting and not just like something frivolous you know oh no we absolutely are there's actually there's been a there's been a recent um there's a there's a games historical foundation in the u.s a game preservation historical foundation in the u.s and uh, that's been doing studies lately and i think found mm. i don't i can't read the exact digit but i want to say it's about 80 percent of games 80 percent of games that have ever existed are completely inaccessible or lost oh my God. Uh, because like that's yeah er, like early 70s and 80s games that haven't been like of the, the the cherished few that have been ported to like Nintendo consoles right like most of them have just been delegated to landfills because the cartridges are melted they're like, the face yeah yeah like that's so like there there has to like games media is such a young art form in such a new world mm there is no standardization for um for preservation yet yes and there's there's there is works uh, again the the i can't remember the name of the the name of the organization but it's 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 uh, it might be the games history museum uh or some something along those lines but they are making action like genuine proposals to government facilities to try and start preserving old games and what because retro games as i mentioned the playstation 3 a hd console Mm. is now like i think 
retro is defined as anything that is more than 15 years old. Mm. The PlayStation 3 is a retro console now. Oh, stop. It's still my DVD player. Exactly, though. Like that that's it. Uh you can't you can't buy games on its storefront anymore. Um I'm glad you told me that. I was about to start playing Mass Effect on there. Uh on its digital storefront. Yeah, no, that's I, I think you can round about it, but you can't like just go on, put in your card, and buy a game. Okay. Um all right, because like uh it's funny you say that because I have right next to me my Nintendo 64, and it still works. The problem is TVs are now so advanced, its plugins won't work in the TV, yeah. you know? So, like, that's it. That's, in a sense, like, not lost media by virtue of the machine itself, but just technology going ahead, like, you know? Yeah, so, like, there's there's a lot of kind of, like, there is a lot of nuance to be had. But I think, like, one thing that really kind of, like, struck with me is that, you know, there there isn't a way of accessing games in mm. the same way that do- games seem to not follow the rules of other media yes in that you can walk into a library find any book find mo- find a lot of movies mm. and re- like aside from a handful i know you're quite a fan of getting video games from your library if they're there yeah of course if they're like... there but like it's it's not treated as the same type of media no um so like that's they're they're like this this foundation is trying to find a way to to generalize this mm. it like to emulation is probably the 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 best way forward mm. for a lot of this but it's 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 trying to figure out the boundaries to which it isn't you know because the 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 other alternative right now is piracy yeah because there's literally no other option. Well, I mean, like, you know, it is therefore incumbent on not just us, but game developers to preserve this because you can't complain if, like, you know, the only way is piracy when you've denied access. I mean, look at the amount of people who probably had to pirate Disney Plus because the Mandalorian and Disney Plus weren't available here in Europe, you know? Yeah. It's if you give people no choice, you can't turn up your noses at it, you know? And yet they still do. And that's Mm. the thing. Which console was it that blocked off game sharing, like physical media game sharing? Oh, oh, that was that was Xbox. They uh, Xbox. Oh, (laughs) they 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 backtracked that, but that was after being significantly clowned on. (laughs) Uh, That was that was the Xbox. Oh, I had. It wasn't that was the 360. Xbox 360 was a very like chilled out console. It must have been like the one after that. It was the one after. It was the Xbox One. I haven't. I have the spent frustratingly named Xbox One. That's. I have spent a long time actually no like learning the chronology of Xbox consoles for this very conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the Xbox One. So like the first like major HD internet compatible yeah. console. Uh, and they 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 tried to to integrate this always online feature, and the console would have to be online all the time, and that's the only way you're going to play your games. Mm. And it has to be registered to this console, and you can't share it, and you can't give that disc. And if you do give that disc to another person, and it puts in the console, that person has to pay some sort of a rental fee. Uh, again, all of this got sidestepped. Because at that same conference where they announced that, PlayStation was the next day, 
and they had a segment of their conference that was like I was going to say that's one of my how, favorite YouTube videos how do you share games at PlayStation and it's just one guy handing the box to the next guy but it's better than that though because they do like a full like PlayStation 3 orchestra swell like yeah. you know da, 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 da. Here you are thank you <laughs> It's yeah, no, yeah, man. You know, e- the death of E three, we lose a lot. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I'm not saying it should. I'm not saying it shouldn't be dead. It probably should. I mean, it wasn't really doing anything anymore. But like, I mean, we talked. Me and Dara talked about cyberpunk before. Like, you know, and you wouldn't have had that hype and then that anti hype if you didn't have the likes of Keanu Reeves turning up on stage to tell someone they're breathtaking. You know, exactly. And like, there's there is only so much weight that Jeff Keighley can carry on his shoulders alone. <laughs> and Lord, he is trying. We. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. Uh, TLDR, go go play Metal Gear. What <laughs> does that mean? I've always wondered. Uh, too long, didn't read. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> uh, go know, play Metal I get Gear. Why if... Sarah Zed puts that at the end of her videos after yeah. two hours in? Yeah, it's 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 standard. It's kind of like at the end of like, well, in summation, you're not going to read the rest of it. Here you go. <laughs> um, yeah, here, uh, yeah, go go buy Metal Gear. If you don't have 60 quid, you can also buy the game separately. Buy Metal Gear Solid 3 for like 20 quid. It is a perfect video game. Um, that's our show, by the way. We're out of time. Sorry, sorry, Tenet fans. <laughs> we we will have our day. There are dozens of us. Yeah. Dozens! All 27 of you <laughs> will just have to wait until next time where Dara will talk about it for a full 52 minutes not if i can not if i get him to, to derail about cyberpunk for a short Sarah, time. edit that out if you don't want to do that the power is yours <laughs> uh but you will have to tune in next time for us to talk either cyberpunk or tenet uh definitely remember that definitely as we de- always do you can count on us to absolutely remember i to, mean really we need to, to ramp up the next time things if we're just going to forget anyway Let's uh, let's just go like David Tennant to be on the next one. Who cares? I'm sorry, Keen. I'm sure say, he's not busy. I'm sorry, Keen. Did you say David Tennant? Oh, for God's sakes! Please support us on yes, Patreon yes. at nerdtoknowmedia.com. He's actually a plumber, like you know. <laughs> really interesting uh, guy, though. But yes, you, you can find us on all of our socials at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Uh, over there as well, you can find our Patreons, which you can support us if you like what we do over here. Um, Kian, is there anything you would like to plug while you're while you're wrapping up? No, no, not at all. Just have a wonderful Halloween. Have it, have it. Assuming and, and, this went out before Halloween, if not, we hope you had a wonderful Halloween. Halloween's on a Tuesday. This is going out before that. From from ours to famous yours, last words. Have a going out March. <laughs> have a spectacular March. <laughs> and we will see you again in the next episode right. thank you goodbye bye, bye. thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production 